Hello and welcome to the Taste of the Music podcast. I'm Diana Lynn. After a 40-year career in corporate America, I took a huge U-turn and became a volunteer DJ on 90.1 FM KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. Since 2010, I've been the host, programmer, and engineer of a weekly Americana Roots music show, The Tasty Brew. With this podcast, I'll be sharing conversations with artists and music industry insiders with the goal of entertaining and educating the listening audience, all while giving a voice to the music makers that are underserved or ignored by mainstream media. The music of Wade Bowen has been spinning in my playlist since I went on the radio in 2010. My niece Shay was attending Texas State University in San Marcos at the time, and Wade Bowen, Randy Rogers, Jason Bowen, and others were working hard to become the go-to purveyors of that very distinctive sound that some came to label as outlaw or red dirt country. Today, Wade is a familiar and awarded name in music performing along the active touring highways of Texas and the Southwest, selling out top venues like the legendary Green Hall, and performing multiple times on the Grand Old Opry. Carving out a dedicated fan base with his magnetic appeal and proven abilities, Bowen has now enjoyed a 20-year stint as a leader amongst a flourishing Americana and alt-country music community. Wade continued his productive and lyrical life through the pandemic on his most recent full-length album, Somewhere Between the Secret and the Truth. Wade recounts, I went through a big writer's drought, kind of just being shell-shocked from everything, not knowing how to handle it, and then finally came out of that and just had this flood of just wanting to write. This reset button really rejuvenated my passion for my entire career, all the way across the board. I was trying to find out where I fit musically again. I've been doing this so long that I feel like I got off track from where I felt I fit. I was all over the place with my songwriting and my career. Ironically enough, COVID really gave me a chance to just turn my brain off a little bit and stop thinking. When I came out on the other side, I really found not only a renewed sense of my music and wanting to get out and play again, but I found a renewed sense of self. I found who I wanted to be as a writer, as a singer, as an artist. Wade co-wrote all 12 songs on this new record and serves as the sole producer for the first time in his career. Enjoy this on-air conversation with a true Texas troubadour, Wade Bowen. Good morning. Good morning. How are y'all? Um, we're doing fine. Is it still morning where you are? Are you in Fredericksburg today? <laughs> yeah, I sure am, yes. Well, listen, I appreciate you taking the time. I've really had a great time communicating with Janet to get this set up today, and I so appreciate her patience and time in getting this. I know when you're ramping up to release a new record, there's a lot of, you know, ramping up and then riding the wave, you know, as, that, as you're out there trying to, to get it done. This new record... Yeah, just trying to keep up with it all, right? It's just a crazy wave, but I, I'm, I'm so glad it's happening and it's fun. Does it ever get easier? I think it does, you know. I think you, you you know what's coming is the main thing versus the early days when you have no clue. Um, and, you know, but, but yeah, it, it's still as fun as it ever was. You know, I, I'm excited about this record and probably more than any record I've ever done. So I'm, I'm happy to chat with anybody that wants to chat about it. Well, that's, that's an important thing to still be enthused about it. The name of the record is The Secret and the Truth, or I'm sorry, Somewhere Between the Secret and the Truth. It comes out a week from today on August the 12th, and you'll be coming to Kansas City to play Knuggleheads on a Tuesday night, which is a little rare, but that's great. You won't have much competition. <laughs> 
Yeah, I know. I thought about that same thing. We, we probably won't have to compete with anybody, but you know, routing wise, we were we're heading up to like South Dakota and Montana and all that from Nashville. We're playing the Grand Ole Opry on on the Saturday before, so so it, it just worked out for us to stop through on a Tuesday and try to you know try to play the new record and see see if anybody shows up. I'm looking forward to it. We, it's been a while since we've been through there, so I'm excited to be back. Well, we're very excited to have you. I will tell you that my whole family lives in Texas, and although I haven't ever been down there i'm such a fan of the the music scene down there and a little jealous about how kind of self-contained you guys are and how you support each other and you really don't leave texas much or, or need to leave texas much there's such a great community not only for for singer songwriters but to do original material yeah for sure you know we, we we just have to kind of figure out when we leave and we play all over it's just we definitely play a lot more in texas and that's the difference with us is i think most music scenes you know when when they're home they're they're home they're not really playing much and when we're home, we're playing. <laughs> we're working harder than, than normal. So, you know, we go to we're going we go to Europe and we go all over the world to play. But it's just, uh, yeah, we stick to our home base quite a bit. You say that this is your favorite record that you've done to date. What is different about this record? Well, this is the first record I've ever produced on my own, first of all, which, you know, was a little scary. It was really scary at first, but I just kind of throw myself into uncomfortable uh, territory, you know, out of my comfort zone. And I'm really proud of, of what came out of it. I, I shot for a kind of going back to a vintage Wade Bowen sound from, you know, the early, early 2000s, like 05 to 08 kind of records. Those Lost Hotel, if we ever make it home, that kind of sound, but also throwing in what I feel lyrically and musically which is this record is more country than anything I've ever done. So I kind of went back to what my roots were. You know, I still drive around a day and listen to the 80s and 90s country mm-hmm. uh, nonstop. So I kind of dove back into that. I was like, I, I told myself, what what do I love the most in the world? You know, and that, that music I, I'm such a huge fan of and always have been. And I don't think I've ever really made a record uh, to fit that influence. And so th- I feel like this record is is, is that well, self-production is, is a scary thing, but you do have some great players and collaborators on this record. I mean, my Lord, uh, Lori McKenna and um, Vince Gill joins you on one of the songs. Was it always planned to self-produce this and did the timing of its uh, production and release, was it impacted by the pandemic or was was this as a result of I think this is a result of me just writing so much and being so confident and proud of what I've been writing. I feel like the last year and a half I've, I've written more than I've ever written. And I'm this far into my career, I feel like I know, you know, what I want out of a song and what I want out of a record. And, and um, I, I feel like probably now more than ever, uh, I just I just felt like I, I knew what I wanted. I had it in my head. And although I wasn't quite sure how to exactly get that all across, I knew that I was going to hire some good help and some people that, to help help guide me and help lead me, you know, down the production path, and um, I'm just yeah, I'm really proud of, of what of what came out of it, and I, I think it's what you hear is a more confident and the most proud version of Wade Bowen that there's ever been. Well, and I think that the songwriting on this record, Wade, is is so relatable. I mean, I. I am quite a bit older than you are, but still, I, I found the the sentiment and the emotion in the songs very relatable, and um, I, I think it's I think it's your best work so far. It's, it's really a great well, record. We played so much. Be- before I got you on the on the uh, on the phone. We we played everything has your memory. Um, what can you tell us about that tune? 
Well, I think that that tune represents. I'm glad it's the first single. I think it's the first, you know, it's the first track on the record. I think it represents the record in, in its entirety, best overall. I just think, you know, that's I leaned more melody on that song, writing it and producing it, than I probably do on most songs. I focus so much on lyrics, and although I, although I do love the lyrics, and I think it's a great country heartbreak song, I I think the simplicity of this of that song and the simplicity of this record is what really is its strength. I think. You know, we we try so hard uh, to to kind of produce and overproduce and overplay and make sure everything is quirky and weird or or great or rock or whatever it may be. And I just didn't really overthink any of this production and any of these songs. I'm writing them. I just tried real hard to keep them simple, where the strength could be in the band and in the lyrics that that are playing on it and that the singer is singing. So. Um, I think you hear that in Everything Has Your Memory, and it's a great representation of what everybody's going to hear when the record comes out. Where was this recorded? It was recorded at Starstruck Studios in Nashville. Did you play live with any of the other players, or was it, I'm not a musician and I'm not a recording uh, person, but it seems to me I'm getting a lot of content now where the players are all in the room at the same time and they're playing Live, have have you ever done that, or was that or were any of the songs on this record produced in that way? Well, yeah, I mean, the way I do them is we're all playing at the same time for the most part. The majority, I'd say, ninety five percent of the song um, is played, you know, together as a band. You go through it over and over and get get a good couple of takes that you like and um, go through it. Yeah, so I think the majority of the the strength of the records. Uh, especially mine, have always been to play as a band. Um, live is, is a little different way to put it. There's multiple ways to say that when people say we all play together. I mean, I don't really know. There's different ways to say that. That's kind of all over the map. But, um, you know, yeah, we, we did get in there. I put, put what I felt like was a great group of musicians that are, you know, the highest quality there are studio musicians in the world. You know, guys like Tom Bukovac and Pat McGrath and Jed Hughes and the list goes on and on. Um guys who do this every day so uh, i think to you know once again the strength is in the songs you hand them good songs i feel like they can really take it and run with it and so we all got in there together and, and played through and then just add a few things here and there and you're done well you know the thing about being committed to leading a lyrical life like you do is that it, it will it will stand you in good stead as you go through your life you know as long as your antenna and are up and you're open to receiving you know the inspiration wherever you are in your life and whatever's happening to you you can tap into that and then you know translate that into a song and share it with the rest rest of us um besides the cost of gas right now which is which is coming down is there anything different about touring right now vis-a-vis before the end the end times in 2020 um and no, it just feels more hectic than normal than it was before. I think there's a lot of people still playing catch up. I think we're all still kind of feel that way. I, I feel busier than I've ever been. Um, and there was a time there when I thought it was just because I was recording and making records and had a record coming out. But everybody I've talked to, all of my friends, everybody feels overworked, you know, overstressed <laughs> um, in a good way. You know, everyone, everyone's glad to be back and work. And, and I, I just think... Anybody you talk to, they're they're all just man. Things are nuts. It's crazy. So I, I, you know, I think that's a combination of of us having such a long time off and not being used to being back. And then another another combination, another part of that is just 
uh, that everybody in the world is so anxious to, to get music out and to go play it that I think we're all just cramming everything in and saying yes to everything we can. And so you look up and you're like, oh, my gosh, I don't have a day off. Right, right. I had two days off. I had two days at home the entire month of July. You know, that's, that's not that wasn't what I, what I really did before COVID. So well, it's, probably, it's a good thing. I'll take it. It's probably a combination of pent-up demand and also, as you alluded to, a certain amount of, amount of anxiety of, like, what's the next shoe to drop, you know, where we, we get shut down again or, or whatever. There's just a lot of anxiety, I think, in the atmosphere in general. Um, and speaking of kind of pushing yourself and, and, and not taking a day off, you, you had a, a severe health scare um, back in 2018, was it, when you you... you had some vocal cord issues and, and had to have some surgery. What what do you do now to take care of yourself, take care of your voice? Well, you know, I'd gone so long um, in my career without any problems. and I mean, I'd never missed a show in my life for, for vocal problems. So um, it was all brand new to me. But I learned so much during the process. You know, what what is the saying, you know, what doesn't kill you only makes you stronger. And I believe it did make me stronger. I believe it made me a better singer. I had a wonderful doctor who literally saved my career. And I learned through, through much, you know, many, many, many hours and hours of therapy and um, rehab and, and doctor visits of, of, you know, learning the voice and learning how to take care of it. Not only just when I sing, but even speaking throughout the day, just, just, I went so extreme on learning everything and, um, you know, I, th- I think I came out of it, uh, you know, knowing how to take care of myself better than I ever did before. And so that's a good feeling. I, I know my limits now. I know when I need you to stop talking. I don't know when I need to shut down and go rest. And all those things so far, knock on wood, you know, have really helped me. But I think we're all, you know, as any athlete or anybody, you know, that, that does, you know, does this for a living, you're, you're bound at some point to, to struggle with your voice vocally and um i'm starting to see a lot of my friends as we're getting a little older start to have issues and i'm i'm glad that you know not only i know how to take care of mine but i'm glad that i can be a, a you know a, re, a, a, a bouncing board for, for for them to call me and say hey go do this or hey you know call this person and i'm helping a friend right now trying to get through it so it, it's uh it's it's been a blessing in disguise and you know it was rough and scary and i don't want to go through it again but I believe I became better for it. So that's all you can do. It's your instrument, so you need to take care of it. If you're just joining us, I've uh, got Wade Bowen on the phone with me. He's got a brand new record called Somewhere Between the Secret and the Truth, which comes out one week from today on Friday, August the 12th. There are a couple of uh, songs that have been released, pre-released. That's kind of the way of the world right now, isn't it, Wade, where you... You, you kind of trickle the stuff out there, and then and then the whole album comes out. Um, you have a special release, album release show at Knuckleheads on a Tuesday, August the 16th. Uh, information about that show is at knuckleheadskc.com, and I'm sure all, on, all over Wade Bowen's uh, social media. I will tell you that one of the things that got me through the pandemic was Sequestered Songwriters and your podcast, um, uh, Courtney Patton and Jason Eadie are such a friend of the show and have become friends of ours over the years as they've come up here uh, to play Knuckleheads and other venues up here in the Midwest. Um, Sequestered Songwriters was such a wonderful introduction to, I thought I knew a lot of Texas singer-songwriters, but oh my Lord, what an experience 
that was. Yeah, there's a bunch of us. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a whole bunch of, and you take care of each other. I mean, you know, when you had your your scare, uh, the folks in your community came to your rescue, you know, and helped you not only, you know, in every way, in, in every way that you could, in every way, in, way, in every way that they could. Um, who are you listening yeah, to right now? Who great, should who should I be? Who should I be paying attention to that uh, when you're on the bus driving around up and down the highway? Who, who are you listening to that I should uh, that I should check out? Oh, gosh. You know, I love Colby Cooper, what he's doing. Um, sweet, sweet guy. And I, I think he's about to just take off. Um, I love a guy named Jake Worthington, who's fantastic young singer songwriter. He's as country as it gets. And he's absolutely fantastic as well. I think either one of those guys, you can't go wrong. I, I feel like the you know, I learned a lot from the sequestered songwriters as well, and um, so a lot of those people I didn't know either. So it's, it's kind of it was fun to sit there and watch that every Monday night or whatever we did it, um, and, and and be introduced to people like Trey Hensley and some other people that are like, oh my gosh, oh my god, isn't he? So I mean, he's uh, from another planet. It definitely kept us busy as much as you know. I get a lot from our show, the Weights World that we did as well, the live streaming stuff. You know, I get it. Almost every single show, people saying, "You know, you got thanks for getting us through it." Well, my my response is always, "Well, y'all got me through it." You know, I feel like it's the complete opposite because I was so bored and scared, and you know, everybody kept us afloat. Not only is supporting each other as musicians, but, you know, our fans watched the live streaming and donated money and bought merchandise and kept us, you know, afloat during that crazy time. So. You know, we're very lucky to have each other, but we're also, you know, the only reason we have each other and are able to do what we do is because we have such great people that listen to our music and play our music like y'all and, and show up at our shows and support what we do. You know, I, I say every night, thank y'all for supporting what we love to do in our lives because that's the, the, the best way to put it. And I think through the pandemic, we really learned that more than ever. And that was, there's so many blessings that came out of a, that crazy time for us that I'm very thankful for. I totally agree and thank you for sharing those names with me uh, folks that I can check out um, you know you're kind of at that point in your career where you can serve as and probably are serving as a mentor to other uh, artists who who mentored you back in the early 2000s when you were just coming you just graduated from Texas Tech um, thank you for sending us Patrick Mahomes by the way <laughs> um, who mentored yeah, you correct. yeah who, who who mentored you Speaking of that, I was at the Bills uh, Chiefs game last year. It was with my son. It was the greatest sporting experience I think I've ever had in my life. What yeah. a game! Yeah. What a game! It was a great game. I am a I am a Cowboys fan at heart, but um, I've become so I, I, the Chiefs and the whole community there is unbelievable. I mean, they show up at those games in Arrowhead Stadium. It's like it's unlike anything I've ever been to. So I'm kind of. I don't know. I'm leaning, leaning, leaning that way. It's 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 fantastic uh, environment y'all have there. This is just a big um, barbecue. Uh, is it just a big barbecue before the before the game out there in the park? Yeah, just <laughs> great people everywhere you go. It's a, such a great community of, of of fans there. So I forgot what your question oh, was. Oh, question. Who, who, so well, we talked about mentoring and you know your yeah. opportunity now to to be in that role as a mentor to some of these young uh, guys and gals that are coming up, like Colby and and uh, Jake. Uh, Jake Worthington, um, who mentored you? I think I read a story or, or saw an interview where Robert Earl King kind of changed your life. Yeah, well, Robert Earl, um, you know, just changed my life with his music. I saw him play in college, and I was like, that's it. That's what I want to go do, and, and that changed my life. I wouldn't call it mentoring other than him sitting on the stage and 
being the amazing songwriter that he is, you know, I just was blown away. Up until that point, I thought, you know, I had to move to Nashville and wait my turn, wait tables and wait my turn to, to play music. And when I saw him, I completely went and started a band and the rest is history. So that that's a great form of mentoring, I guess. Um, another, you know, another guy, Ray Wiley Hubbard, is a guy that I always feel like I could call and, hey, he'll always shoot me straight. He's brutally honest. And that's what you want in a, in a good mentor that's going to shoot you straight. Um, and, so and there's so, some other guys, you know, kind of they're they're kind of my age and family, you know. But but they got they got big and bigger and successful before I did. And guys like Pat Green and Jack Ingram and and uh, Bruce Robinson and uh, my brother-in-law Cody Kanda, you know, those guys uh, blew up before I did. So I really got to uh, you know speaking of mentoring, I mean they they really helped and I got to watch them go through it all and and you know they were putting me on shows and and really helped us me and like Randy Rogers, man, all of us got to open up to those guys and we all kind of grew up together. So it is, as far as mentoring is concerned, that was, that was pretty critical for me. Well, it'll be your turn next, you know, to, to fill that role. I, I've had the honor of meeting Ray Wiley a couple of times and he is such a, such a nice man and funny. Oh my Lord. His sense of humor no is just off, off the charts. He's such a great guy. Kudos to to you for being such a good member of that community down there. I remember when my niece was going to Texas State University, my sister and my niece both graduated from there. She never was involved in music, talked about music that much, but when she was there, she discovered the Randy Rogers Band and she was a huge fan and went to all the shows, you know, there in San Marcos or if you guys were, they were playing around Wimberley or New Brownsville or, you know, anywhere in that area. And she has remained a staunch way Bowen, Randy Rogers fan since the beginning. We've always had your uh, had you on our radar up here, and we're so glad that you're going to be able to to fit us in to the schedule. Thank the new, you. The new record is called Somewhere Between the Secret and the Truth. A long title. It's it's the longest title I've ever had, <laughs> for sure. Where is Somewhere Between the Secret and the Truth? Where where is that? You know, I, I had the record done and finished, and I've always named the records, you know, after I get it done and dig, dig through it and see what it usually presents itself, what the name needs to be. And I had the record tracked and, and all the songs finished, and then I uh, wrote Somewhere Between the Secret and the Truth the very next day. And I was like, well, this this has to, this is the title of the record. I need to go write the song. I know I know that's the title of this record. So I went and wrote the song, and then I just feel like that's the greatest summary of, of, you know, where we've been the last few years, where the greatest summary of people in general in our lives. You know, we're we're all tucked somewhere between secrets and truth uh, and how much we reveal to people, you know, is, is kind of what dictates our lives, I think. And so it, I felt like overall it was a great sentiment. And then I love the title track itself. That's one of my favorite songs on the record. It's the very last track because I want you know, you know, you're old school like me where you listen to the record start to finish. I want to leave that little mark on people before they stop and move on to the next record. I, you know, it's a great heartbreak country song that you think, or sorry, a cheating country song that you think is going to happen and then there's a twist at the end that throws people for a loop. So I'm proud of it. I'm proud of the, the title track. I'm proud of the record. And, and I'm really, really excited for people to hear this. Well, you should be proud, and it's been an honor and a pleasure to talk to you today. And we look forward to seeing you on Tuesday, August the 16th, here in Kansas City at Knuckleheads. Wade Bowen, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me, and thanks for the chat and uh, for spinning the records. I appreciate it. Oh, you are so Have glad. a great day. We'll see you on Tuesday. Thank you so much.